Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for joining me on the podcast here along with my wife, Jenny. Hello. Hi. Sorry for posting this day late. Uh, you know, real life happens, that sort of thing. But as always, I have uh, committed to keeping the podcast up and running each week. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, of course, on Spotify and Podbean, where you're probably listening to this thing. Thank you very much. Now, before we get into it, I do want to give a shout out to my previous employer on the south side of Fort Wayne here, and that would be Ground Effects out in Roanoke. Um, they're actually based out of Canada, and for those who don't know what Roanoke, or not Roanoke, but uh, what Ground Effects does is worldwide for uh, different automakers, they will spray the tailgates, you know, the, the back of the pickup trucks. The bed. The bed, thank you. The bed and the tailgate. I only worked there for a month. Um, but, but basically, they, they, they spray those down, coat those, and they do it for General Motors here in Fort Wayne. And for about a month, I was driving trucks around the yard. And I only left because uh, this, there's more opportunity with the job that I decided to take. Um, but I just, for a month, that helped us out. Tremendously helped us out. I would say it helped you out mentally more. Right. So, yeah. No, thank you for taking a chance on them. Yeah. And it, what, what, the cool thing about it was... Uh, the the supervisors even though i worked there for a month they said hey you work hard we appreciate everything you do and if uh, your next endeavor doesn't pan out you can always come back and it's just to me i mean it was just nice working around people like that at, at, oh who like you yeah that, that uh, were very appreciative about everything that i did no so. shit no kidding yeah so again my thanks to ground effects and uh, hopefully you guys keep uh, hustling and bustling here uh through the end of 2021 and i'll tell you more about my job that I have now, maybe further down down the road. Right now, it's just getting through it. Yeah, uh, rise and grind, baby. Rise and grind. Rise um, and grind. Some sad news. This is a uh, you know, not often do celebrity deaths really make me sad, uh, but this one did. Charlie Watts dead at the age of eighty earlier this week. The legendary drummer for the Rolling Stones, uh, jazz based. He's not your typical you know John Bonham, Neil Peart type of j- uh, drummer, where they're just loud. He was more just kind of a you know. Providing the dance beat to the songs, as he would describe it. Uh, married to the same woman for 50 years plus, which is uh, quite the task considering who his bandmates were. <laughs> the best dressed drummer in all of Rockdom. Oh, you're going to have to show me a picture. Oh, he, yeah, he's always in a suit. He was always in a suit. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, he was in a suit in the last po- photo he took with his wife, which I think was about a week or two prior to his passing. Aww. Uh, but he's had bouts with cancer. He had emergency surgery not too long ago. And uh, one of my favorite stories about Charlie Watts was back in the early 80s. I guess the Stones were in Amsterdam. After a show, they've been drinking. They've been doing other things. And it was 5 in the morning. Mick and Keith are hanging out in the room. And he, and Mick goes, where's my drummer? Where's my drummer? I guess I'm going to call him, right? And Keith's like, no, dude, you don't want to do that. So Mick calls uh, Charlie, who uh, just got done drinking himself and was, you know, about ready to go to bed. 20 minutes later, there's a knock at the door. Apparently, Charlie Watts got up, got dressed, wore a suit down to the hotel room. Mick opens it, and Charlie punches him right in the face (laughs) and goes back to bed. Not only did he wake up Charlie, but... Charlie was not Mick's drummer. Charlie, as he saw it, was a drummer for the Rolling Stones. Of course. And just carried himself with a lot of class and was very quiet, again, considering who his bandmates were. I mean, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Mm -hmm. Ronnie Woods. But it got me thinking, along with the passing of Dusty Hill, the uh, the bass player for ZZ Top, who also sung on songs like Tush, 
a lot of the rock giants are dying off. Mm-hmm. And it, it happens. I mean, they're they're mere mortals like you and me. They just have better tax breaks. Uh, they have better cars than we do. But they just generate all this great rock music. Let's not forget, more money. More money. There That's you right. Go. Um, but the guys and gals that made it happen for decades prior to what I grew up with are gone. Uh, you know, my generation have already seen the passing of Kurt Cobain, Lane Staley, Chester Bennington, Chris Cornell, and some other uh, performers. But it got me thinking, 60, 70, 80 years from now, when rock musicians start dying off, uh, you know, if they live healthy, ripe ages, are they going to be appreciated the same way as a Charlie Watts or a Dusty Hill will be? And, and the point I'm bringing up is, like, I had to really think about this. You know, God willing, you know, Dave Draymond of Disturbed, Brent Smith of Shinedown, Dave Grohl, uh, even Chad Kruger from Nickelback. The guy, the, you know, he's known. I know a lot of people don't like him, but he's known. Uh, Corey Taylor, those guys passing would be big. The next generation of rock stars, I don't think, are going to have the same impact. Yeah. And it's not just me being the old guy saying, get off my damn yard here. I just don't... I, don't, I just don't think that the lead singer of Greta Van Fleet passing away 50 or 60 years from now is going to be the same as Robert Plant eventually kicking off from this mortal plane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was watching a, a YouTube ad and it had Billie Eilish on there. And a lot of my friends really like Billie Eilish. Right. And, I mean, that's cool. But I've never really listened to any of her songs. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what she's all about. Is she the chick that mumbles a lot? I don't know. I don't even know who she is. <laughs> But um, it, Lana Del Rey, whenever she goes, I will be decimated because I love her. Now, now I, I can give her props because she doesn't seem like somebody that gets a lot of radio play, a lot of radio love, but she's got this this big following. Yeah. I went to a show with you. May 28th, 2015. You got this memorized. Wow. Six years back, and I think I was like one of seven straight dudes there, <laughs> and the, the place was just filled with these young girls. Who listened to her and like I like I say, not a lot of radio play. Magic, just magic. But she built she has built a successful following. Yeah. Much like, you know, Dave Matthews has built a successful following and he doesn't get a ton of radio play. Oh, shout out to Lindsay. She's going to see Dave. Oh, is she? I think it's in Chicago, but she has been following she's like a a, what what do you call Dave Head? I don't know. No, what do you call Groupie. uh, Roadie? No, you have to work for the band. I think she'd love to be a roadie. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Uh, be a Dave Matthews she, man tough. You know how Haywood loves, was it, Bush? Yeah. Okay. Rob She's Haywood. like that, but with Dave Matthews. So she will follow them around. As much as she can. Okay. She has a lot of responsibilities, whereas Haywood, uh, he's... <laughs> he's he's somewhat he's Haywood. He's, he's somewhat responsible, <laughs> man, but... But uh, for, I think this is her fourth concert. Wow. And she'll collect posters and everything. Uh, she is a, a huge Dave uh, Matthews Band fan. Wow. And she was telling me about this when I worked with her, when she was my assistant store manager. So, yeah. Now, see, when Dave passes away, like, you know, he they, they had some hits in the 90s. They haven't really done anything on radio since. But, like I said, they will they will pack houses. They will pack houses. Yeah. And I just don't get that vibe with a lot of the newer rock bands nowadays. Just because things are different and I can go into a bigger uh, rant about it, but mm-hmm. I won't. I want to rant about something else, though. No. We're going from icon to icon, this time fictitious. <laughs> sure. You know how it is, like, you just take 
take it for granted that some people, everybody, it doesn't matter if they're Amish or they live in a distant island on the South Pacific somewhere. I don't know. Ooh, Fiji. Can Fiji. we go there? Yeah, let's let, wait a bit. But like, you, <laughs> you just take it for granted that everybody worldwide would know an icon if you saw it. Like every, you just assume everybody knows who Mickey Mouse is. You would just assume uh, everybody knows who Muhammad Ali is. The other day, my wife bought a, uh, a... I hate you. Oh, my God. She bought this really cool puzzle. In fact, it's in the room with us right now. Hey. A 1,000-piece Alex Ross painted Batman pu puzzle, and it's basically him taking on uh, the baddest of the, his bad in terms of rogues gallery. I mean, the Joker's there, Harley Quinn, Ra's al Ghul, Two-Face, Penguin, Mr. Freeze. I mean... The tango with evil. I mean, if anybody, if it, one thing, Batman is recognized worldwide, and his villains, for the most part, are recognized worldwide. I mean, there's just something about Batman that's iconic that everybody knows who he is, right? He was so iconic back in um, 1992 when the cartoon aired. Was it 92? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even need a title card for him. Yeah, they decided everybody knows who Batman is. Why put Batman... Unless in the opening credits for the animated series, you know who he is. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I know the one person who does not know who Batman is or looks like. And, and she also does not care for the Rolling Stones. Does not care for the Rolling Stones. And this person would be... My mom! Your mom. <laughs> and when you told me this, my jaw scraped the damn floor. Because <laughs> Batman's been around since 1939. 91939. I right. use it for everything. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, radio serials... Uh, movie serials, lunchboxes, uh, tons of cartoons, Super Friends, the uh, the campy Adam West show that which is was on when your mom was growing up. PJs. Um, you know you've got the animated series like we talked about, the Burton films, the Schumacher films. Uh, you know Batfleck. Uh, you know Christian Bale, Chris Nolan. I mean Batman has been in everything, and yet your mom does not know who he looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I get it. Your mom doesn't like superheroes. She doesn't like good rock music. That's fine. But, I mean, you, Batman is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everybody should know who Batman is. I don't know who Harry... I mean, I know who Harry Potter is. Yeah. I don't know anything about the mythology because I never got into it. But if you showed me a picture of uh, Harry uh, Harry Potter, I would go, that's Harry Potter. Yeah, out at the New Haven Library, there's a bulldog with a little lightning bolt in it. I'm like, yeah. oh, is this dog, you know, stepping out for a, a fancy evening? And they have the lightning bolt in the glasses. That's Harry Potter. Iconic. But I've never read or had any experience or exposure to Harry Potter because it was banned from my school because I went to a Baptist school. Ah, uh, yeah. So they banned Harry Potter, dancing, and poker. But you could play Euchre, which makes no freaking sense. We're in Indiana. Of course it makes sense. I've never played Euchre. I've tried to. Try to. Man, let's just play some strip poker. Okay. You know what we should do? <laughs> you know what we should do? What? We should play a game of strip poker on air. Oh, man. That that would be us. On this special episode of the Mike Davidson Lives podcast, we get naked. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's been my experience with my mother-in-law. She doesn't know who Batman is. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking about strip poker and getting naked... OnlyFans has done an about face. Uh, you remember last week we were talking about how they're giving up porn October first. Well, apparently, they realized the idea was pretty damn stupid, and for them, yeah. for them, because <laughs> you would lose clicks and therefore revenue. And they say, ladies and gentlemen, we have found a way to keep our uh, sex performers naked, 
And uh, they, I guess they had to pull off some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff with banks. I don't know if they made deals with the banks they're working with or if they went to other banks to make sure everybody gets paid. But everything's working out. And again, this makes me kind of question everything about websites. Not necessarily the dirty because, hey, if you want to go to OnlyFans, you do you because chances are you are doing you if you're going to OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... I remember the big tech bubble back in 2000s where everybody had a website. A dot-com startup. Dot-com startup, much like everybody has a podcast today, except, you know, with podcasts. Look at you, you jackass. Yeah, I'm a jackass, but I'm not making any money, and I'm not getting investors involved going, oh, hey, look what you can get involved with. You just give me money, and we'll be rich. With OnlyFans, I, sometimes I look at these websites, and I go, how are they funding themselves? Some websites are easy to do. And the overhead is low, and they they can get away with it. But OnlyFans has been up for like five years. If you've got people making all this money doing the dirty stuff that people come to watch them do, and then you're having trouble with banks. I mean, I get the PR aspect of it, but I mean, money is money. How are these guys struggling if uh, the performers are making money and they could get a chunk of that money? I'm just wondering... What what goes on behind the scenes with these websites? I don't know. <laughs> Man on the street interview right there. <laughs> so how'd the fire start? I don't know. I was out in the back drinking a beer. And... I'm not really interested in OnlyFans other than the fact you can't talk about it at work. Yeah, yeah that's right. You... <laughs> that's that's the uh, limit of what I know about it. Yeah. I'm like, what? OnlyFans? What's that? OnlyFans. Now, do you think OnlyFans is worse than Craigslist? Because Craigslist is the only place you can go to buy a lawnmower <laughs> and uh, meet up with somebody for some kinky S&M sex at the same time. It's a one-stop shop. I it am- is. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, remember- it's like dirty Amazon. <laughs> I'm talking. Go on. Shut your face. <laughs> but remember, we would read the misconnections. All right. And I found my friend on there. <laughs> he don't spit out oh the coffee. Oh my god! I was just like, Mike, that's Karina. <laughs> wow! Did you ever bring that up with Karina? No. No. Oh, is Karina her real name? Yes. Okay. Well, Karina, we are apologizing. Your secret is safe with you, me, my wife, and anybody that happens to listen to this podcast. Yeah, but the, I still have that picture of her that they uploaded, wow. burned into my memory. And uh, let's just say it's it's not something you want to post on your living room wall. Okay, we won't. But Does it offend you? No, I mean, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely something that should remain private. Okay. But I think it was like one of her exes or something did it. Wow, okay. And he was freaky. Okay, well, you know, that's, that's Craigslist. But mm-hmm. uh, again, for, for all you porn <laughs> fanatics, OnlyFans, <laughs> still in uh, the porn business. Now, speaking of being offended... Um, Easily. 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 (laughs) Especially when it comes to sports. As you know, the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins, going by uh, the Washington football team right now, they have a voting in process for the the new name of the team because, as you know, you can't trust Daniel Snyder with any competent decision when it comes to that squad. Who's Uh, that? uh, The owner of the the Washington dumpster fire. Also, uh, yeah. uh, the Cleveland Indians, this will be their last season with that name because they decided to change their names to uh, the uh, Cleveland Traffic Cops or something. I don't Guardians. Know. Guardians of the Traffic. Um, but, you know, we're getting into this thing where we're changing every team's name. And not, not too long ago, and I really hate this story because it makes me take an uncomfortable stand, but uh, Quality Logo, they're uh, based out of Illinois, they put up 
uh, a survey not too long ago, and one of those online deals, where you rank the uh, most offensive college mascot actively in use. So they did that, and the top three were, of course, Native American Indian terminology and all that. Number four, I don't know if people were serious when they did this or if there was a little bit of trolling on uh, this survey. Because you can never tell with the internet. Number four, the most offensive, the fourth offensive college mascot was the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And here's where it gets uncomfortable for me because I hate Notre Dame. Well, there you go. That's why you're offended. But I have to friggin' defend them if this is not a troll because you could probably count on your hand the number of Irish Americans in this country that are offended by a green leprechaun mascot. You know what I mean? Notre Dame's been using this for years. And, of course, the, the company has since taken the survey down, saying, well, the, the views of these people don't represent ours, and we don't want to lose money because of a quality logo. We make products for s'mores teams. But S'mores? S'mores, yeah. But, I mean... the. The I know South Bend s'mores. The South Bend s'mores. Uh, Notre Dame, like like I said, it's just a magnet for people who of Irish American descent. You know, they love that team. I know people who are Irish American that love Notre Dame. I know people who are not Irish who love Notre Dame. I know atheists and people who are not Catholic who love Notre Dame. No one of all the things I've heard people gripe about when it comes to that team, I've never heard them gripe about the mascot because it is the mascot. And I, I'll, I'm going to go one step further. I think a lot of people that are offended by this are a little shamed because years back in the drunken college days, they put on the green hat, pinched some ass in a bar, and said, I'm Irish, March 17th. We celebrate Cinco de Mayo on that day. Oh, that's right. We do. We do. We flip-flop. <laughs> yeah, because when everybody's at the bar, you know, the Irish pub, we go to, uh, you know, a Mexican restaurant because... You don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day, but you get a good beer there. Mm -hmm. Cinco de Mayo, yeah, you go you go to a Irish pub. Heck yeah, we do. You, you go where they ain't, as I like to say. But I mean, people like everybody on St. Patrick's Day tells me, "Oh yeah, man, I'm Irish. I'm Irish." It's like, no, you're not. Everyone's a little Irish. I'm like maybe twenty five percent Irish. You're mostly British. Mostly British. I. I don't know the exact percentage because I'm an American, therefore I'm a mutt, and I've, my family's been over here several generations. Ireland is not the old country to me. This is the old country. I've been here. Mm -hmm. My family's been here for a bit. Um, Aren't you related to Daniel Boone? I might be. I might be, but everybody's related to somebody famous. Uh, Wilson Rawls. Oh, the the uh, the dude that wrote that book, right? Where the red fern grows. Yes, there you go. Yes. Um, but to me, this is like nothing. Nobody, nobody outside of Twitter, nobody outside of sports media that we were where they're always constantly wringing their hands about crap, is upset about the Fighting Irish logo. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't like it because, you know, they're just always in your face about Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. but, a little bit. I mean, yeah. this, this is the same school that had a press conference talking about how for their upcoming game, their helmets are going to even be more gold. That's like, look, look awesome. How, you wasted my life. Look how sparkly these are. I mean, that that stuff gets on my nerves. The the drunken mascot, eh, not so much. I don't know if he's drunk, but I'm just going to assume because. You know, I assume so because he's Irish. That's exactly that right. All Irish yeah. people are drunk. Maybe is that what they're driving home at? <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe. Maybe. So and, we, we, we can't um, push 
drunkenness. We have to push sobriety, which, hate, which is being sober is cool. Okay, coolest the, thing you can the do. Sober, the sober Irish Notre Dame. He is in a, a three-piece suit, uh, just like Charlie Watts. <laughs> is Charlie Watts Irish? I don't know. You should definitely research that. <laughs> Um, speaking of being offended, uh, the, the whole Jeopardy controversy, uh, Mike Edwards, no, Mike Richards, I'm sorry, no, uh, he's the executive producer of the show, he was going to be the host, and then he had to step down because, you know, he had a podcast uh, making jokes about women, and, uh, I, and, and, and he made some Jewish jokes, I don't know the extent of those jokes, but one person uh, who was writing up the story was offended that he said booby pick. And we were talking about picks mm-hmm. last week. So, you know, 10 years from now, that's probably what's going to do me in. Who says booby? Booby. Well, I mean, 14-year-old boys, they, they say booby. But <laughs> uh, he's had to step down from the co-host, or from the host thing because of that. And he's still executive producer, and there's people that still want him fired. Then there's, uh, was it Mayim Balik? Blossom Chick. There's people that want her to be the host, but now people are getting upset because she has an anti-vaxxer stance. Then there's Ken Jennings, who I don't like because he's pompous, but people are making, well, are pointing out some of his mean tweets from years back. And there's this big campaign to push LeVar Burton in because he hosted Reading Rainbow 30 years back. And I don't have anything against uh, uh-huh. LeVar Burton, but I this just... I liked Reading Rainbow. But there's just it's 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 the mob rules mentality, uh-huh. and that's why social media ruins everything. And when they were doing this big search for uh, somebody to fill Alex Trebek's shoes, which can't happen, by no, the way. No, no. But I think Jeopardy should be a show still on. You're going to need a new host. I said this. Um, you're going to need somebody who's a relative unknown because when Alex Trebek took up the reins, I think Art Fleming hosted it back in the '60s or '70s. But when they rebooted it and brought it back in the '80s. Alex Trebek, who had done a few game shows, he was the host. That was his thing. You need somebody that's a relative unknown to do the same thing. Mike Richards would have been great if he was not the executive producer because it's like, hey, I like me. I'm going to put me in. How about Mike Davidson? No. Why not? Because people are going to look at my uh, Irish jokes here and... uh, the the w- topless women whipping horses in the last podcast. <laughs> Granny say, shaggers. Yeah, Granny shaggers. <laughs> I mean, I've I've already taken myself out of the running to be the new Jeopardy co-host, and I'm really upset about that. Or the new host, but you, you're you're going to need somebody unknown because everybody's going to keep looking at podcasts and tweets, and they're going to go, "No, this is not right. This is not right. You make it better." I'm just glad. I'm just glad that when I was in college. It was probably the last era where you can get drunk, do stupid things, and not have people recorded on phones, mm-hmm. and not have Twitter, not have Facebook. I didn't get I didn't get into MySpace until like 2004, 2005 after I was out of school, and I'm kind of glad I did because I'm kind of glad that that stuff was not around because that would just uh, I because I, I was dumb and dopey and I would say stupid things. Mostly because I was drunk. Have you stopped saying stupid things? Well, I remember them now. That's the difference. <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking my coffee, which uh, he took mine. Yes, I did. I was looking for it, and I had to walk over to Mom's to see where it was. Well, it's here. And he's just like shouting from upstairs. I'm like, I can't hear you, so I left. Man, man. And then I'm like, came up here. He has my coffee. I said, mother... <laughs> I say you me. go you go downstairs. You make my coffee. Yes, I'm glad you saved me the edit, though. You're welcome. 
Yeah, so there's that. Now, finally, to wrap things up here. I'm not going to forgive him for that. You know, no, she's going to she's going to grind this grudge for the rest of the day, possibly. Rest of my life. The rest of her life, because she's a woman. That's what she does. Now, um, okay, now I'm offended. <laughs> I'm going to whip your ass right now. Wait till the podcast is over. No. Uh, finally. That's next live main event. <laughs> Strip poker and spousal abuse. Um, okay, <laughs> uh, this, this dude in England... Uh, I guess he posted on Twitter or Facebook. Maybe this is something that gets him canceled 10 years from now. I don't know. Cool. Um, but uh, he's got this strange hotel thing. Every time he leaves a hotel, he takes the sheets, the, uh, the, the, the comforter, the pillowcases off the bed, puts it at the foot of the bed so that they have to change it and keep it clean. And some people are kind of divided about how, how weird this is. It's a little weird for me. I think uh, the one thing I always do before leaving a hotel, mostly do anyway, is I look everywhere before I leave, like under the bed, because you know you just have that you know leaving something behind. Which we did. Yeah, but we left that. uh, It was a phone charge, and we left it in somebody else's room. So that's that's why we lost it. Um, But we got it back. No, this was not an OnlyFans thing, by the way. But that's the, that's the weird thing I have. Now, I, I have a weird observation about hotels. Why the hell do we have dressers in them? Uh, some people do have extended stay, like right. weekly rates. So, for me, if I were staying four days or more, I would use the dressers. Would you? Because I, I think I would stay in the bag. I really would, because I've never taken You things. would mix up your dirty laundry with your clean laundry, and that's not sanitary. Well, you should bring, like, a garbage bag to put the dirty laundry in. No. Why? It's a garbage bag. You bring a garment bag. Okay, well, bring a garment bag and put the dirty laundry in that. <laughs> Go find a laundromat. You may find Marty Janetti. Oh, my God. That was pretty <laughs> random. <laughs> he does look it's cool. not random we were talking about like cleaning clothes and clean sheets at the hotel and dressers right four more four days or more yes use the dresser four okay what, what what's your weird hotel thing hmm weird hotel thing i never use the uh like the rack that they supply you the, know the, the metal folding rack yeah that thing i'm like what's this for yeah i never use that um of course, you know, free shower curtain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everybody takes home the freebies. <laughs> oh, yes. But uh, the hotel that we stayed at for Rachel's wedding, they had the soap and everything bolted in there so you couldn't take it. Wow. That's a, that's a little obsessive. Uh-huh. I know uh, one cool weird thing you have most of the time. The few times we actually get out of town and we stay in hotels. Okay. It surprised me. You bring a coffee maker. Oh, yes, I do. Because. Yeah. Oh, Hotel coffee is garbage. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, you know, you can say the nicest hotel mm-hmm. and best service, mm-hmm. friendly staff, mm-hmm. but coffee to them is not really a big deal. So you bring coffee, you bring the coffee maker. It's I awesome. I do. Um, let's see. I brought a single cup maker with us to Cleveland. And yeah. then I brought a French press, I think, and a, a boiling water or water kettle yeah on our honeymoon yes and uh yeah so i definitely bring coffee because i'm like i am not compromising on this kind of like how i used to bring my cds everywhere Uh and my two big cd books hey you know because i was in music once kind of so that's kind of kind of just push play just push play and oh no it's crashing (laughs) 
Put in more CDs, quick! Oh, man. Well, anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much the podcast for today. Uh, but any questions, comments, or something you want me to touch upon, if you want me to read crazy comments. Don't let him touch upon too much. Don't let me touch upon too much. Uh, Mike Gibson's on Facebook. Look for me there. Of course, Mike Gibson lives to tweet on Twitter. I said it right this time. Spotify and Podbean. And uh, I think that's about it. So until next week, we'll talk to you later. Later. See ya.